Hello. I'm Natalie. And I'm Paul. And welcome to God Hates Fangs True Blood Podcast. Uh, in this show, we'll be looking at 20 of the vampire movies and TV shows that didn't make our last History of Vampires podcast. Uh, and also, after a wait that seemed like centuries, the first episode of Season 4 of True Blood will air on the 26th of June. Yeah! Today's time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and our recap, our recap podcast of Episode 1 will be available on the 29th of June. That's good, isn't it? That's that is good. good. We're looking forward to recapping. That time has, has flown, really, isn't it? Did you think? Yeah, we've had busy times, haven't we? We've watched lots of Buffy to keep us going. Lots of Buffy, lots, <laughs> lots of stuff. Yeah, lots of vampire stuff. <laughs> okay, so let's crack on. So um, these are in no particular order. Uh, chronological order. Chronological order. Okay, the first film is a film from 1960, and it's called Blood and Roses. Uh, it's directed by Roger Vadim. Uh, who directed Barbrenner, an awesome 1960s film. Uh, this film is based on a novel called Carmilla. Uh, by Sheridan Lefanu. Uh, it was written in 1872, and uh, the, no- the novel is set in a, in a 19th century Austrian castle, uh, but for the film it's changed to a 1960s Italian mansion. Also, uh, this film was a, a big influence on Bram Stoker. Um, sorry, this, the book was a big influence on Bram Stoker, uh, who wrote Dracula 20 years later. Yeah, so this is kind of the original... I think vampire. I think the film, the book Vampire, was before this, but this is the first kind of vampire book where you've got like a backstory and that sort of thing. Uh, uh, basically, in the book, uh, in the film, Carmilla is played by Roger Vadim's very sexy-looking wife. Yep. Yep. And uh, she becomes obsessed with a female ancestor who was legend. Uh, the legend says that was a vampire, and uh, and this vampire. Uh, used to kill her former lover's fiancés. Mm, nice. Um, she becomes possessed by the ancient vampire and starts to kill people on the estate. Um, she falls she falls passionately in love with her cousin and is also fixated on his fiancé. And there's immense lesbian tension between the two girls. But uh, unfortunately, no lady love. Unlike the book. There's lots of lesbian yes. action in the book. So when we, when we got this film, I thought it was going to be like the book and it's not really... Like that. <laughs> it's, it's, quite a, uh, it's quite an awesome dream sequence, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, quite, uh, it's quite arty, isn't it? Yeah, the film, I mean, it's, yeah, most of the film's quite conventional. Then you get to, towards the end of the film and there's this big dream sequence. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Mm. Um, there's another film based on Carmilla, which was made ten years after, which is supposed to be more faithful to oh. the book. So I think if we do another... 20 Vampire Films podcast in the future. We should talk about that one. Do we know the name of that one? Oh, or should we keep it secret until the next... I think it's called Vampire Lovers, but I'm not mm, sure. Nice. Something like that. Anyway. So, no, this was a yeah, this was a good film, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Worth a watch. And, uh, yeah, it's very difficult to get hold of, though, because it's never been released on DVD, mm. unfortunately, which is quite, well, sounds quite but, a shame. But luckily, we, we have our sources. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm. Okay, next up... Um, is a film called The Last Man on Earth. It's from 1964, and it's directed by Sidney Salco, um, who was the Adams Family TV show. He wrote for the he, Adams Family. He wrote Family. for the Adams Family TV show. <laughs> Which we should also do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the Monsters. Absolutely. Anyway, The Last Man on Earth, it stars a horror movie legend Vincent Price, mm. in films like The House of Wax and the original The Fly movie. And The House on Haunted Hill. Um, it was in some Edgar Allan Poe adaptations. He was, yep. And Alice Cooper, I believe, um, was inspired, and he wrote his "Welcome to My Nightmare." Is that is that correct? Was, that wasn't 
um, Vincent Price on the album, doesn't it? It was, yes, yeah. yes. The yeah. spy, song Spider, is it? Can't that, remember. No, Black Widow. Black Widow. Yes, yes. <laughs> well remembered. Uh, yeah, this is an adaptation of Richard Matheson's novel, I Am Legend, mm. which we've spoken about on previous podcasts. Yes. Um, and there's a lame Will Smith movie based on that book. But The Last Man on Earth is quite, um, is quite similar to the book, and it's actually co-written by Matheson. So obviously it's very similar to his novel. It's kind of more gritty though, isn't it? Would you say it's more gritty? It's, it's than the what than the Will Smith yeah. film? Oh god, yeah, it's thousand yeah. times better than the Will Smith film. Um, so basically, uh, Doctor Robert Morgan is the only survivor of a plague that has turned the entire world into vampires. He searches for a cure while fighting off the undead who are desperate to kill him. Uh, yeah, the vampires in this, in this, as as in the book, uh, are very traditional, and um, they're repelled by garlic and mirrors and crucifixes. Uh, they, they're burned by sunlight. They, they go around biting people's necks. So they're they're, they're pretty much your traditional vampires. And the, and the movie is is pretty much a, a copy of the the novel, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a difference to the ending, but I think that's probably to do with the um, I don't know, maybe budget restrictions. I don't think the, the the ending of the book could have been filmed with this kind of budget because it looks like it cost about ten pounds to make the whole thing. <laughs> it's a really cheap looking, but good. Really good. The, the vampires in this film, they kind of resemble zombies. Um, we don't see any fang action. No, no fangs, unfortunately. Um, but we see flashbacks to his life before the vampire apocalypse. Yeah. And as you said, it, it probably cost a ten to make this film. <laughs> yeah, they're not as zombie-like as the Will Smith movie vampires, are they? No. And they're real people, they're not CGI, obviously. Which is <laughs> hellbear, isn't it? Which is scarier, yeah. Okay, what's next, Nat? Um, uh, another Dracula with... We did a few Dracula films on the last podcast, and here's another Dracula adaptation. I think Dracula is the the most is the character from literature that's sort of most um, ad- adapted for film. Yeah, uh, and this one's from 1979, and this was suggested by a listener. So thank mm. you very much for yeah. suggesting this. Thank you. Uh, it's directed by a guy called John Badham, who, who, di- who directed <laughs> yeah. Short Circuit, yeah. classic 80s film. Uh, this time, Dracula is played by Frank Langella. Who recently won an Oscar for Frost Nixon? Yeah, and also he was badass as Skeletor in the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, Frank Langella, he's awesome. Um, this this version is also based on the stage version, which Bella Lugosi starred in. Uh, and also Frank Langella, uh, he also played the Count on Broadway prior to starring in the movie mm. adaptation, as Bella Lugosi did. Uh, the beginning of the movie um, it omits the beginning of the novel, so there is no Transylvanian peasants. Castle Dracula or Brides of Dracula. It's a shame. It, um, basically, it starts with a ship arriving in Whitby, um, and the ending is radically different, with Dracula escaping on a ship, then being caught and forced into the sunlight to burn. Yeah, Dracula in the novel is only weakened by sunlight, but um, in some film adaptations, like the Nosferatu that we watched from, I think it was 28, the Nosferatu yeah. was, um, Dracula's, uh, the main vampire is killed by sunlight in that as well. There's also a great sequence of the shipwreck on Whitby Beach, uh, which doesn't appear in other versions of Dracula. Oh yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, the the yeah. ship, the ship kind of special effects and scenery is really good in this film. And Frank Langella, he's a very alluring Dracula. Hmm, he, he's still a bit creepy though. He's isn't creepy, he? but he's got the glamour. He's got the vampire glamour. Um, Van Helsing is played by another uh, big time actor, and that is Oscar winner Laurence Olivier. I'm Spartacus. Oh, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Um, it's a really stylish film. It's got great set design. Uh, and also it's got a beautiful music score by John Williams. Star Wars. E.T., Indiana <laughs> Jones. Like, yeah, yeah. All the big films. Yeah. 
And there's lots of Victorian car action as yes. well. Nice Victorian And car. also there's lots of bug. Lots of bug eating, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Renfield, a favourite character from Dracula of mine. Uh, he eats lots of bugs, hmm. which is nice to see. So, yeah, we, we really enjoyed that film, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we've seen a lot of Draculas. And <laughs> I think and this is one of the best ones, wasn't it? Because yeah. it's not sort of as glossy as the 90s one, but then it's got a bigger budget and... Uh, not uh, doesn't have the hammy acting of the yeah, sort of 20s and 30s. Yeah, well, I mean, Laurence Olivier and mm. Frank Langella, oh, yeah. you know, good actors. Mm. Okay, should we move on to the next one? Yep, into the 1980s. Okay, from 1985, this film is called Fright Night. Um, it's directed by Tom Holland, who also directed uh, Child's Play. Child's Play, that's mm. a horror film. Uh, it's about a teenage boy called Charlie, and he finds out that his next-door neighbour is a vampire. Yeah. But he struggles to convince those around him of his discovery. <laughs> um, he recruits his horror movie buff, uh, movie buff friend and an ageing horror movie actor to help him slay the creature before it steals his girlfriend. Uh, Chris Sarandon, who um, you might know as the voice of um, Jack Skellington in yep. Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, he plays the vampire. Uh, Roddy McDowell from Planet of the Apes, uh, he plays the old movie actor. He's really cool. And uh, the kid playing the best friend is now a uh, usually successful gay porn star. Yeah. So, <laughs> so look up his internet movie date, mate. Yeah, so, some great film titles. So well done, you. Um, <laughs> it's very funny. It's very 80s. Uh, it's got a great retro soundtrack. And it's got some awesome old school special effects yeah. and animatronics, which I like to see in the <laughs> days before CGI. There's uh, lots, of, lots of interesting tricks with mirrors. Yeah, there's a big kind of thing about the vampires not being seen in mirrors. In this film, um, we've, we've seen the the trailer for the remake, which is coming out in August, and that stars um, Colin Farrell and David Tennant. David Tennant, Doctor Who. But it, but it didn't it look like it. It looked too serious, yeah. didn't it? Because this film's really funny, and that's I mean we see so many of these films, and a lot of them are really bleak and depressing. Yeah. So it's nice to see a really funny vampire film, and there's some good vampire deaths in this one as oh, well. There's some great deaths in this yeah. one. <laughs> so moving on, uh, the following year, 1986. Saw the release of a film called Vamp. Hmm. Basically, three students need to hire a stripper to pass an initiation in a frat house. Uh, so they head on a road trip to a seedy strip joint in a dangerous part of town. Uh, the movie starts like a kind of 80s teen comedy. Uh, but then things take a sinister turn uh, when the guys discover that the strip club is actually full of vampires. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, it does. It's... Yeah, it's similar to from Dust Till Dawn in that respect. So I wonder if that film was kind of influenced by this in some way. So play, playing the vampire queen, um, the, the stripper vampire queen is Grace Jones. Grace Jones, eighties pop star. And um, and what can we say? She was <laughs> she was she's awesome. A, she's a really great vampire and a great stripper. A great stripper. <laughs> oh yes. Um, there's some there's some weird lighting. There's uh, some good lighting effects. There's some good camera angles. Um, great makeup. Yeah, I like, again, I like the old school animatronics and stuff and um, yeah it's a kind of interesting shift in style because like I said it starts out like an 80s teen comedy and then it kind of gets a bit weird and, and messed up and very, very much like Dust Till Dawn yeah exactly like yeah. Yeah, like Dust Till Dawn very much like Dust Till Dawn <laughs> but um, a few years earlier okay next up is a film from 1993 and this film is called Love Bites uh, it's written and directed by a guy called uh, Malcolm Mar- uh, Marmerstein and he wrote the show that we talked about last time called Dark Shadows. Yep. Um, which has been made into a film at the moment. And, uh, and he also made the film Pete's Dragon. Do you remember? <laughs> that's, that is an awesome, awesome Disney film. film. 
Okay, the, the main vampire is a, is a hero of mine, and it's someone you might know, a guy called Adam Ant. Adam Ant! Adam Ant! Um, he plays a vampire who wakes up after a hundred years slumber to find himself in 20th century New York. Uh, that's kind of like um, Dark Shadows, isn't it? Because the vampire in that wakes yes. up after a long sleep. Yes. Um, he falls in love with the woman who now lives in his house and tries to become human again so they can be together. Uh, hilarity ensues when he tries to adapt to modern life, but then he actually finds he's quite good at it. He fits in quite well with the 90s. Um, but then he's not as cool, is he? Once he no, kind of gets no. all modern and, and gets he... a job and stuff, you think, oh, yeah. I, I liked it when he was all Victorian. That was cooler. His, his, his acting reminded me of, of Johnny Depp when he kind of plays Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, yeah, Eggman yeah, so, is a good actor. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. surprising. He's a top man and... And, and we saw him on tour a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if he comes to, to your part of town, go and see him. Go and see Adam he's great he's, he's awesome. Oh, also, Michelle Forbes, who you will yes. remember, played Mary Ann in True Blood. Uh, she plays his maker yeah. in this film, which is really cool to see someone from True Blood in another vampire movie. So, and, and, and this film as well is a film that is really hard to get. You, you can, you can. I think you can find it on eBay, but it's about forty-five pounds. It's about forty-five pounds for, for a video for a taped VHS. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you to our source for that. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yes, this is nineteen ninety-five, and it's directed by legendary Mel Brooks, uh, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Spaceballs, Spaceballs. <laughs> um, obviously, it's a spoof Dracula movie. Uh, which is actually a very faithful retelling of the story. Yeah, it pokes fun of the, the Bella Lugosi Dracula and also the Hammer Horror films of the 1960s. Um, particularly the poor special effects and the hammy acting. Yeah, there's some deliberately bad <laughs> yeah. bat special effects and that sort of thing. And also the, the late, great legend Les Nielsen plays Dracula. Yeah, sort of it, unconventional Dracula. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. This is really funny, this film. <laughs> Okay, We're so. big fans of Mel Brooks anyway, aren't we? So. Oh, absolutely. So if you like the sort of Mel Brooks humour, then you'll like this film. Okay, moving on. Uh, 1998, and it's a film called Vampires, which was uh, directed by John Carpenter of Halloween and Escape from New York. <gasps> big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, the Thing. The Thing! Yes. Yeah, so he's an awesome horror movie director. Uh, basically, James Woods uh, plays Jack Crow, leader of a crew of vampire hunters who are funded by the Vatican. After his gang are attacked and bitten by a vampire master, Jack has to kill them to prevent them from all being turned into vampires. Hmm. Um, he rescues a prostitute. Prostitute. <laughs> I can't speak. He rescues a prostitute, um, Cheryl Lee, who who is Laura Palmer in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, who is also infected, and there's a race against time to kill the vampire who bit her and turn her back into her human. Yeah, we yeah we like that film, don't we? It's kind of gritty and. It's, yeah, it's, it's got kind of a Western feel to it as well, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And there's a cool thing they do where they sort of have... Do they have like... What's it called? Like a hook thing that they yeah, like drag the vampires into the sunlight with. <laughs> yeah, like a, what's it called? Like a winch? Winch? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so um, yeah, and it's, uh, there's some good... Um, and some good gore. Some good gore. Yeah, and lots of bloodshed. Yeah, so yeah, we enjoyed vampires. Okay, so moving on. And now um, a TV programme from 1998... Uh, a British six-part TV drama called Ultraviolet. Uh, this was shown on uh, Channel 4. And yep. um, uh, a guy called Jack Davenport, who you may recognise from Flash Forward. Yep. And he's also in the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Yep. Uh, he plays Michael, a police officer, whose partner and best friend, played by Stephen Moyer, yeah. <laughs> uh, he disappears and then he returns as a vampire. Uh, Michael is recruited by a secret vampire-fighting police task force um, headed by Idris Elba. 
um, of the wire. He's Stringer Bell in the wire. And he's English, if you didn't know. So yeah. <laughs> he does a great American accent in the wire, but he is English. Um, pretty much. It's like, it's, basically, it's a British cop show with vampires. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we could say the, the Bill meets True Blood. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's cool, you know, it was cool to see, um, to see something different, wasn't it? Because this, yeah. the, uh, it was just kind of bog-standard British cop show. Um, with sort of um, like police procedures and stuff, but yeah. but focused on vampires. It's, it's the type of program that's kind of been done a hundred times before, but then you add the vampires and it makes it something special, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And there's all I liked the um, the use of science to fight the vampires. There's a lot of sort of sci-fi stuff going on in there as well. And I must say, when um, when Stephen Moyer. Um, first appears in the programme in the first episode I, I didn't even recognise him for about the first five minutes <laughs> he's got a big kind of blonde he's got massive hair big hair big blonde massive hair and he looks really young <laughs> it looks like a young Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> uh, yeah so it's cool to see Jack Davenport and Stephen Moyer and Idris Elba in this when they were much younger yeah and, and they've uh, all gone on to great <laughs> things they're, like, they're probably three of the biggest sort of TV stars in in sort of in American yeah, our biggest, at the moment. Yeah, our kind of biggest British exports to yeah. America, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, okay, next up is a film called Dracula 2000. Which was released in 2000. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's directed by Patrick Lussier. Is that how you pronounce that? Uh, Lussier? Probably. Uh, he's doing the Hellraiser remakes, obviously. Mm. So. Go, uh, <laughs> why didn't we make Hellraiser? Um, this oh, is, damn it. This is starring Gerald Butler. Uh, obviously, a three hundred and law law abiding citizen gamer, is yeah. that the other one, and some terrible cheesy films that he's done as well. Um, he plays Dracula, who is resurrected in modern day New Orleans. Uh, Van Helden is played by Christopher Plummer mm, from so- The Sound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, is he the dad? He's the I dad in so. The Sound of Music, isn't he? <laughs> um, he's been keeping Dracula captive for years and using his blood to remain immortal himself. Yeah, that was cool. The way you had Van Helden kind of immortal hmm. like an yeah, eternal twist. battle against Dracula and uh, Van Helsing is assistant who is played by Johnny Lee Miller hmm. uh, who we recently saw in Dexter he was really good was in, in the last season of Dexter also in Trainspotting and I believe he's going to be in the, the new version of Dark Shadows oh yeah he's in the new version of Dark Shadows yeah he's um, he's the the main the woman's brother in it I can't remember Roger he's the character Roger if you've seen Dark Shadows hmm. anyway they pursue Dracula who is after Van Helsing's hot daughter hot hot <laughs> And there's a crazy twist at the end, uh, where it turns out that Dracula is actually Judas Iscariot. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, um, I didn't <laughs> hey? see didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not the best vampire film ever. It's got it's got some it's got so it's got some good music. It's, it's got some great yeah. It's got a metal soundtrack with the likes of um, System of a Down, Slayer, um, Pantera. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the soundtrack's the best thing about. Yeah, the, film. the soundtrack's <laughs> better than the film. I think it was the first thing I saw Gerard Butler in. Oh, okay. I think. Uh, next up is a, a film called Blood, The Last Vampire, which is a Japanese anime film from 2000. Um, in, the, in the 1960s, a vampire teenage girl named Saya is recruited by the US government to fight other vampires. She's sent on an, on, undercover, on an undercover assignment to a school on a US military base, which has been infiltrated by vampires. Um, half the dialogue is in English. But half is in Japanese. If you don't like subtitles, this is a good film because there's not many subtitles. Yes, yes. Um, there's, there's, it's really nice animation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it looks truly, amazing. Yeah, it truly yeah. does. Um, and it's not too complicated and heavy going, um, which a lot of yeah. anime films tend to be, don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no kind of... Sexy schoolgirls, uh, yeah. demons, 
Well, there is, but... That's what they normally... But then there's normally some really long, convoluted plot that makes no sense. That's how anime films normally are. But this is just a totally straightforward, short, easygoing film. So yeah, if we, we, we like that film. Yeah, if you're not into anime films, I'd say this is kind of a good one to check out because it's not like the others. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to, for a sequel. This is Vampires Los Muertos. Okay. Uh, this is from 2002, <laughs> and it's a sort of sequel to Vampires. Um, it's directed by Tommy Lee Wallace... A uh, long-time collaborator of John Carpenter. I think John Carpenter produced this, possibly. He didn't direct this. Oh, right. He, just, he wrote it. it, or...? No, I think he just produced oh, it. Oh, OK. He didn't write it. It's terrible. <laughs> OK, so the the leading star is a guy you, you may have heard of called John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi! Yes, he is a vampire hunter who is recruiting a gang to kill a nest of vampires in Mexico. Uh, they have stolen an ancient artefact that could allow them to walk in the sun. <laughs> yeah, watch this if you're a fan of John Bon Jovi because he's basically playing himself. This, it, it, you'd imagine before you watch the film that if John Bon Jovi was in a, in this film, uh, you'd imagine that he'd have some sort of different hair, different clothes. Yeah, they'd kind of make him not look like John Bon Jovi. But, That's but, what you'd assume. Basically, this is um, John Bon Jovi. The the world tour is finished. And he thinks to himself, what can I do in my spare time? I know, I'll go and hunt some vampires. That is exactly. Just imagine it's John Bon Jovi playing. It truly is just John Bon Jovi hunting vampires. And his hairstyle, his clothes, it is John Bon Jovi. It it took me the whole film um, to try and forget it was John Bon Jovi, and I couldn't. No. (laughs) Unlike Adamant, and unlike David Bowie in The the Hunger, which we watched. And unlike Grace Jones, but then... Yeah, so yeah, we've seen a lot of vampire films with pop stars playing. Yes. In the but I'd, I'd say John Bond. Um, John Bond Jones is not going to win any Oscars anytime <laughs> no. soon. Let's put it that way. No, um, he, he has a neat little gadget though for detecting vampires using body temperature. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like um, Luke Skywalker's binoculars, isn't it? Yeah. And you can kind of look through and see people that are, that are cold. Yeah. Oh look, there's a vampire. Yes. Oh, we know ultraviolet. They had a cool gun that had a mirror on it, so they could see whether yes. the vampire had a reflection or not. That was cool. <laughs> so yeah, um, vampires lost Murtos. That's worth a watch if you if you're a big John Bon Jovi fan and if you if you want to laugh if you want to have a big laugh <laughs> it, it's a, yeah yeah say no more <laughs> okay on to Van Helsing from two thousand and four this is directed by Stephen Summers who was the creator of the Mummy trilogy hmm. um, there's another appearance for Dracula's nemesis of Van Helsing um, this time he's played by Hugh Jackman um, oh. X Men <laughs> he was in X Men with Anna Paquin so there's a true blood connection there. Um, Van Helsing is sent to Transylvania by the Vatican to kill Dracula, uh, where he hooks up with Anne, um, Kate Beckinsale from Underworld. Underworld, yeah, another vampire movie. Um, who has also sworn to kill the Count. Oh yeah, and there's another True Blood connection, as Richard Roxborough, uh, who plays Dracula, is in Legends of the Guardian, mm. with Ryan Quantum, who plays Jason. <laughs> yeah. um, Dracula and his brides have teamed up with some werewolves, and they try to steal Frankenstein's monster. Uh, Van Helsing gets turned into a werewolf, and then there's a big epic CGI battle between Vampire Van Helsing and Dracula. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd say, um, summing the film up, overblown, um, big budget. Um, Lots of it really uh, effects yeah. heavy, isn't it? Um, but also, it's cool that it, it does play tribute to the old sort of Universal Monster movies. Yeah, because they used to do that, didn't they? Where they'd have, they'd have like Dracula versus the Wolfman and that sort of thing. Yeah. They used to do the kind of crossover movies. Like The Brides of Dracula. And yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, The Brides of Dracula are good in this film. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, now another TV series which you've probably all seen and this ran from 1999 to 2004 and this is Angel. 
um, Buffy spin-off, which sees the Slayer's vampire ex-lover move into LA and setting himself up as a supernatural detective. Along with vacuous wannabe actress Cordelia and failed Slayer watcher Wesley, who are also in Buffy. It's kind of a similar structure to Buffy. Um, the, the, the gang try to defeat, defeat a different demon every week, but there's an overarching plot about a super evil antagonist. Yeah, but it's more kind of darker and got a more adult tone than Buffy. Hmm. Um, and also, several characters uh, pop up, uh, will turn up from Buffy. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Will- like Spike, Willow and... Spike and, um, who's the wolf guy? I can't remember his name, Oz. Oz, yeah. Um, Faith and, yeah, so, so if you're a Buffy fan, then you should check this out as well, but you probably have. <laughs> and by the way, if, you're, if you are a Buffy fan, um, I don't know if you know, but obviously there was only seven seasons, but then Josh Whedon has carried on and he's done season eight, but as comic form. <laughs> and uh, there's 40 issues um, to season 8 and I do believe that he's writing a season 9 and it's the same with Angel as well isn't it because yes. Angel finished after 4 seasons and then but I think it was cancelled so it wasn't planned to finish then so Angel has also carried on in comic books but I've got to tell you if, if, you're, if you're missing your Buffy definitely go and buy season 8 of the comics because <laughs> they're awesome it's great to see it's great to see where the characters have gone and, and you know it's awesome so yeah yeah, oh, in Angel, the storyline to Angel runs parallel with the events in Buffy. So season one of Angel takes place at the same time season? as season four wow. of Buffy. Yeah. Because if you remember at the end of season three, Angel gets turned evil and then Buffy sends him to hell yeah. and brings him back or something mm. and then they decide they have to live apart. Otherwise he'll lose his Otherwise soul. Otherwise he'll lose his soul again. And be evil Angel. And be evil uh, yeah. You probably know this. <laughs> You've probably watched it. So originally the two shows were aired on the same night. Um, but you don't have to watch them together. You don't. It, it doesn't matter because we watched all of Buffy and then watched Angel. You don't have to watch yeah. an episode one and then an episode no, one no, 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 no. So it doesn't get confusing. Also, there's a Buffy remake happening, isn't there? Yeah, that's what the yeah. Fuck? But it's not Josh Whedon. It's no, not, it's not Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's, it's none, none of the characters. None of the characters that you you know and love. Why? It's that's a terrible Why decision. Bother? I think even Sarah Michelle Gellar said it's what a, what a shit idea. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Moving on. Underworld from 2003. Uh, Kate Beckinsale plays Celine, a vampire who hunts werewolves. Uh, there is an ancient ancient battle between the two, which is explained in an incredible complex backstory, uh, which is expanded on in the next two movies. Uh, Celine discovers that the werewolves, or lichens, uh, want to turn a human named Michael into a vamp-werewolf hybrid. And as she protects Michael, the pair fall in love. Conflict among the vampire hierarchy causes Celine to awaken a powerful ancient vampire leader. Uh, who's played by Bill Nye. Yeah. Uh, who's in the Harry Potter films. Uh, and Deathly Hallows. Uh, he's in Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Is he... Um, oh, what's his name in Pirates of the Caribbean 3? Oh, David Jones. Yeah. David oh, Jones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she awakens him from his centuries of slumber. Because uh, the, the vampire kings, they, um, they... There's three vampire leaders and they swap places... Each sleeps for 200 years and then they're awoken to lead for another 100 years or something like that. It's, it's quite a ridiculous overblown plot, um, but it's worth seeing for the stylish visuals and fight sequences. Uh, all the vampires are all incredibly good looking. And they live in kind of gothic splendour and, and they wear lots of black, <laughs> lots of yeah. rubber and lace going on. Uh, the vampire rules and abilities are almost identical to those of the true blood vampires. Um, they're killed by sunlight. They've got the super fast running. Oh yeah, the super fast running. Um, super strength. And the smell and the hearing. Uh, and the older vampires are more powerful than the younger ones, like in True Blood. And there's a really strict political hierarchy. 
Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, like we said, it's a bit overblown, but... And then... But worthy. Worthy yeah, we've, not, we've not seen the second and third one yet, but I think, I believe the third one is the flashback to, like, all the backstory, isn't it? Yes. Kind of explaining the... how the origins of the vampire werewolf war that's been going on for centuries. Isn't Michael Sheen in... in is it Michael Sheen who's in the third? Michael Sheen is in all three. He's the werewolf guy, isn't he? Isn't he Kate Beckinsale's ex? He, he was, he? Yeah, Kate Beckinsale and him were married, and then she left him and married the director of the mm. Underworld films. But they all carried on working together, which was nice. <laughs> anyway, next up is a, another TV show. This is called Being Human. Uh, from It started in 2008. I think there's been... Was it season three that was just on TV? I believe so, yes. Yeah, season three was just on TV. Uh, this is a comedy drama about a vampire, a ghost... And a werewolf, and they all share a house together. Yes. Uh, the three of them try to assimilate themselves with human society and try to deal with their supernatural nature. Um, Vampire Mitchell is attempting to mainstream by giving up human blood. And like true blood, this allows, um, sorry, this leads to controversy with his fellow vamps. But also, again like true blood, um, the vampires are conniving and, and there are opposing standpoints when it comes to how they view humans. That's kind of a... Um, that's kind of a big theme in a lot of vampire things, isn't it? Yeah. The pro-human yeah. and the anti-human. <laughs> uh, the, the difference here is that Mitchell's hiding his identity, and that's quite a big issue, isn't it? That yeah. They've got to hide from the outside world and have jobs and stuff. And I'd say it's quite funny, and, and it's also quite sad in equal amounts, um, with endearing characters. Yeah, they're quite lovable, the characters in this, aren't they? Quite likeable. And I believe there's a, a US remake. Yeah, I haven't has, seen that. Has that been made already, or is that in... Is that in the pipeline? No, I think it's on in America at the moment. I'm not sure if season one's finished. I think it's in, I think it's still in season one at the moment. Hmm. I don't know how similar it is. But it's, it's definitely right. worth watching. Yeah. Definitely worth watching. Okay, so next up is Cirque the Freak, the Vampire's Assistant. Uh, this is from 2009, and it's directed by Paul Whites, who is the American Pie creator. But don't let that turn you off. <laughs> yeah, don't let that turn you off. <laughs> It's based on the first three novels in a popular children's book series, uh, the Darren Shan Chronicles, I think they're called, something like that. Mm, yeah. But they're quite short books, so three, the first three books are condensed into one film. So um, a young boy is turned into a half-vampire and taken on as an assistant by a vampire who is part of a travelling freak show. <laughs> uh, the vampire's called Crepsley, and he's played <laughs> yeah. by a very excellent actor called John C. Riley, who's in old Talladega Nights and... Um, uh, Step Brothers. Um... Uh, walk hard. Walk hard, walk yeah. Hard, hard. <laughs> yeah, he's a really funny guy. He's been um, in like loads of Oscar-winning films as well. He was in Boogie Nights, wasn't he? He's a, he's a great, great actor. Um, in this though, the vampires age at a tenth for the speed of humans. Um, so Crepsley looks forty-ish, um, although he was turned at the age of twenty two hundred years ago. Yeah, so the vampires kind of got a, they've got a sort of life expect- expectancy of sort of six hundred to eight hundred years because they are aging. Um, yeah, again, the vampires have a strong, powerful hierarchy, uh, hierarchy and um, also are divided between those who are sympathetic towards humans and don't wish to harm them, and those who kill humans. It's, it's a kid's film. It is a kid's film. <laughs> it is a kid's film, but it's, in, it's enjoyable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a good, fun film, and it's quite amusing. It's kind of Tim Burton-esque kind of visual style, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, quite gothic-looking, and I like all the, the freak show stuff's cool, isn't it? And, and, and as we said, it's got a great cast... Um, Salma Hayek. She's a bearded oh. lady. Yeah. <laughs> she's a sexy bearded lady. And she's in, um, she's in From Dust Till Dawn. She's a vampire in that. Even with a beard, you would. Yeah. Um, William Defoe. Oh, who was in... 
Sleepy Hollow? No, what? what vampire film did we see him in? The really good one. Oh, God, yeah. Shadow of the Vampire. He's yes. a vampire in that. Um, Ken Water. Watanabe. Watanabe. Um, he's, he's an Oscar winner as well, isn't he? I think. I, I can't. <laughs> right now, I can't think what he's in. Uh, he's, he's in Last Samurai, isn't he? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, this film uh, failed at the box office, uh, so the rest of the trilogy won't be made. Oh, that's a shame. Oh. No. have to read the books. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. So the next film is from 2009, and this film is called Daybreakers. Um, it's set in the near future. Almost the entire human race has been turned into vampires. Uh, many of them chose its existence, and they now rule the world and keep the few remaining humans as slaves. Like the, like the Matrix, but with vampires. Yeah. Uh, they modify the world to suit their needs, and they, they kind of build this extensive underground tunnel system, and they've got these sunlight-proof cars and stuff, yeah. and their houses are all sunlight-proof. Um, but however, as the human race is almost extinct, they are all starting to go crazy, and they're dying through lack of blood. Yeah, when they don't get enough human blood, they can't. there's like this blood rationing thing, and if they can't get their blood... Uh, the human blood they start biting themselves out of anxiety yeah. and when they bite and drink their own blood they turn these they weird turn like Nosferatu bat creature things they, they turn quite ugly yeah. quite ugly um, Edward who is played by Ethan Hawke um, is a scientist who is working on a blood substitute um, but discovers a group of humans living in the wilderness led by a guy called Elvis who again is played by William Defoe. <laughs> uh, he used to be a vampire until he accidentally discovered a cure and he's kind of got this little gang of humans yeah. that sort of working against the vampires. Um, Edward sympathises with them and decided to become human too, uh, while, av- while avoiding capture. Um, they seek to crack the hold of the vampires and save the human race by spreading the cure. This was a re- yeah, I, li- I mean, we like science fiction, so it's nice to have a, a, yeah, a full on sci fi vampire film. And yeah, it was yeah, very enjoyable. Very yeah, enjoyable. Good. I like the concept of it and all the. The ways that the vampires have come up with to adapt, yeah, it's adapt like to life where they rule the world. Sort of a different take on the vampires, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah. Okay, next up is a very modern film. This, I think, this film is still out at the cinemas. If you wish to see it at the cinemas, hmm. um, it's directed by a guy called Scott Charles Stewart, who, who made a film recently called Legion, which is not a good film. Yeah, no. <laughs> about a, a fallen angel. And um, what's the film called, Nick? Priest. This the film, is, film called is called Priest. Priest. Um, yeah, um, like, like I said, set in a distant future where an eternal war between vampires and humans has culminated in the vampires being imprisoned in huge reservations in the desert. And the humans are all living in these like Blade Runner style cities <laughs> yeah. with like, big clouds over the cities so it's eternal night, which is yeah, very much like Blade Runner. Uh, Paul Bettany, who was in Legion and also um, Da Vinci Code, um, he plays a warrior priest who sets out to find his teenaged niece who has been kidnapped by vampires. Oh, and Stephen Moyer is in this film as well. He plays Paul Bettany's brother. Yeah, and also Alan Dale from Lost is one of the head priests. Who was Alan Dale in Lost? Widmore, Charles Widmore. Charles Widmore. Charles Widmore. Jim Robinson. <laughs> Jim Robinson in Neighbours. <laughs> um, yeah, the vampires, yeah, they're not really, they're not like true blood vampires either. They're like these weird beasts. Uh, yeah, they, they, they can't things. talk, can they? They can't talk. Um... They, yeah, they're kind of gross and they've got human familiars and... There's some ludicrous fight scenes, isn't there? There's some mental fight scenes. If you're into films <laughs> yeah. with fight scenes, this is a good one. <laughs> it's got good, some good CGI. Um, it's far-fetched, but it's like most of them, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good, fun film. I think it got. I think the reviews kind of slated it, didn't they? Yeah, it got really negative reviews, which so we weren't expecting much when we watched it, but it's it's surprisingly good. It's surprisingly good. 
And Paul Bettany's a great actor. So I think I think originally it was going to be um, uh, uh, Gerard Butler playing the main character, but I think it's better that Paul Bettany got the part because he's he's a, he's a, he's a good actor as opposed to just being an action movie type star. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we like that one. Like that one. Okay, next up is another film which I believe is still still at the cinema. Yeah, um, this is our last film we're going to talk about. Very current film. And this film's called Stakeland. Um, it's a retro looking movie about a young boy and an old man who travel across post apocalyptic America, uh, which has been destroyed by a plague of vampires. It, it feels like a zombie movie, doesn't it, as you're watching it? It's, not, mm-hmm. it's more like a zombie movie than a vampire movie, but the zombies can't go out during the day. It's, it's kind of like really? the, it's kind of like that, that depressing film, <laughs> The Road. Isn't it's it? like The Road, yes. If you've seen it, it's like The Road with vampires. Yeah, The, the Road. It's probably one of the most bleak films I've ever. Watched. Oh God, yeah. It's like, kind of like Twenty Eight Days Later as well, because in Twenty Eight Days Later they're on a road trip to try and find a human sanctuary where there's no vampires, aren't they? Unfor- uh, where there's no zombies. Unfortunately, days. though, this this film doesn't really have many original ideas, and um, a lot of it, yeah, as you just said, it, it kind feels, of feels like other yeah. films, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's rehashing a lot of old ideas. At the moment, I'm reading The Stand, and it, it kind of... Oh, yeah, The Stand. kind of parallel with that, in a way. Yeah, I think they're making a TV show of that, aren't they? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, in this... Yeah, the, did you say that the vampires are mute and they're, they're zombie-like? Yeah, yeah. They, they're so, yeah. They're much more like, like zombies than vampires. They're like I'm Legend, in that respect. But the, the old guy, like the, the main man, um, his name is Mister, and, and he's quite badass, isn't he? Yeah, he's cool. Badass. Yeah, the main character's really cool. And there's lots of good vampire killing action, lots of stakings going on. Um, the, the idea of terrorists trying to spread the virus by dropping vamps on populated areas by helicopter was quite interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a new sort of concept. Yes. Yeah, like these, there's like a weird religious sect. I mean, that's been done in other films, hasn't it? Where you've got a weird religious sect trying to take advantage of the situation. Yeah. Um, but they think the vampires are sent by God, so they're kind of dropping vampires onto the humans that aren't converting to their religion. Yeah. That's quite an interesting idea. So, is that, is that our 20? That is our 20, that is our 20 films. I think it's time for some True Blood news. Alan Ball has confirmed that he is negotiating for season 5. Mm. Yes. Uh, but he also cryptically told Rolling Stone magazine that the series could carry on without him. Mm. So we may in the future see True Blood without Alan Ball. Oh. Okay, um, the season three box set has topped the US DVD chart. Hooray! Uh, this is great news, especially since it's competing against single disc releases that are a quarter of the price. And also, interestingly, they were a quarter of all sales were Blu ray. Oh, yeah. Good on the Blu ray. Uh, HBO have released videos of the first eight minutes of season mm. four. Spoilers! Well, we haven't watched them because we didn't want to miss out. On the ritual of sitting down and watching an episode for the first time with fresh eyes. Yeah, I don't want to be spoiled that much. Come on. So, yes. Okay, and lastly, uh, congratulations to Stephen Moyer and Joe Manganiello, because mm. they both won Saturn Awards yeah, and they, uh, yesterday. And, and those both up against good people, wasn't they? Yeah, Stephen Moyer was up against the guy from Breaking Bad, who's a really awesome actor. Is that from the guy in Dexter as well? And the guy that plays Dexter, yeah. Whose name I've forgotten. Yeah, um... Yeah. And the guy that plays Jack in Lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm, say no more. Anyway, we have some spoilers about season four, episode one. So tune out now if you don't want to be spoiled. Spoilers! OK, 
Okay, so here's the official episode one, season four synopsis. Uh, the episode is called She's Not There, uh, named after the zombie song, which I believe has now been recorded by mm. Nick Cave. Oh, which is also, yeah, Nick's, Nick Cave's doing a song, especially for season four, episode one. Uh, in this episode, Suki journeys away from Bon Tomp. Eric and Bill try to win back the human public. Jason learns that no good deed goes unpunished. Tara finds refuge in close quarters. Sam bonds with his own. Hoyt and Jessica debate the dinner menu. Jesus urges Lafayette to join a coven. And Terry tries to alleviate Arlene's fears about the baby. Mm. Oh, it's, it's all sounding good, isn't it? Okay, some general spoilers. Um, True Blood is still shooting the final two episodes of season four. Um, it looks like there will be an epic battle with machine guns and explosions and also possibly an earthquake. Yeah, there's lots of people that have been, they've been <laughs> shooting in like downtown Los Angeles somewhere in the streets. Mm. So there's been loads of people that have been able to see the filming that's going on with them. I think Bill and Eric and Pam and some other vampires and stuff. It sounds exciting. It does sound really good. <laughs> okay, Gary Cole, who's in Talladega Nights and Dodge, Dodgeball, um, is going to be playing Earl Stackhouse. Suki's grandfather. Ooh. Mm. So is that a bit of um, is that a flashback? Do you think how's that going to go down? Mm, yeah. Are we going to see some of his fairy abilities? Ah, oh, maybe he's in fairyland. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and a main character it has been confirmed will turn gay. Turn gay. Who's our money on? Tara. Tara. <laughs> Tara. For sure, it's Tara. She's going to become a lesbian cage fighter, for sure. Lesbian cage fighter. Okay, um, Catherine Helmond, um, who's in great films such as Brazil, Time Bandits and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, um, she will be playing Andy and Portia Belfleur's grandmother, Caroline Belfleur. That's that's great casting, because yeah. if you've not seen Brazil, go and see it, because it's one of the best films ever. She's got really stretchy skin yeah. in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah, you remember her. When yes. you see her in Brazil, you remember her forever. And in Fear and Loathing, she's the hotel reception lady that um, Hunter S. Thompson sees her turn into a kind of dinosaur monster. Oh, yeah. Because he's tripping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Terry Gilliam's a oh. bit of a fan of this actress, then, if she's been in three of his films. Um, well, I think that's it. So, yeah, in, Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy episode one. Um, if you if you've got some uh, anything you want to ask us or some yeah, any comments some about comments, ideas, because our next podcast is going to be available next Wednesday. Yeah, and that will be the synopsis, the recap of episode one, of season yeah. four. So in, enjoy your viewing, and we're looking forward to having you join us every week for our episode recaps. Yes, and uh, take care. And see you soon. Yeah, bye for now.